Welcome to Natural Gas World's weekly overview of the news in the global gas industry with me, Joseph Murphy. The European Parliament has voted to apply the EU emissions trading system to shipping in an effort to decarbonize the sector, a move which could substantially increase vessel operating costs. Ship owners have already invested heavily to meet the IMO's new pollution standards, which came into force this year. But EU lawmakers say the IMO rules, which among other things reduce the cap for sulfur content in fuel sevenfold, aren't enough to make the industry lower its emissions. So from 2022, all ships with a gross tonnage of over 5,000 making voyages within Europe or to and from EU ports will have to buy permits to cover their carbon emissions. EU lawmakers also want to make shipping companies make pledges to lower their annual CO2 emissions by up to 40% by 2030. The next step will be for Parliament to negotiate with member states on the final shape of the legislation. What exactly does this mean for ship owners? Well, according to investment firm Clarkson's Platel Securities, an Alpha Max tanker will now be saddled with an extra $4,000 per day in costs to meet the emission trading rules. But more details are needed and the regulations could potentially be watered down as Parliament, the European Commission and the EU Council of Ministers seek a compromise. There are several options available to ship owners to meet the current IMO rules on emissions. Some have invested in scrubbers, which strip sulphur particles from ships' exhaust smoke, while others have switched from high sulphur fuel oil to low sulphur fuel oil, gas oil and LNG. The use of LNG in bunkering is particularly popular in the Baltic Sea region. New research published this week by Norwegian classification society DNVGL sees LNG as occupying a major share of the maritime uh, fuel market within a decade. However, it will only serve as a transition fuel, giving way eventually to cleaner alternatives such as ammonia and methanol, according to DMV. However, these fuels are yet to be proved as commercially viable, available or scalable. Interestingly, the, the DAV does not see hydrogen playing much of a role at all in the long term, losing out to other clean fuels in terms of technical maturity, fuel availability, infrastructure, safety, capex, and in other ways. Over to Norway, the government has filed a white paper with Parliament proposing to launch and pledge financing for a $2.7 billion carbon capture and storage project. This is touted as the country's greatest climate investment on record. Norway wants to fund carbon capture at a cement factory in the country's south and at a waste incineration plant in Oslo. Financing would also go towards Northern Lights, a joint venture between Equinor, Shell and Total, aiming to create a CCS chain to carry these captured emissions and inject them into offshore reservoirs for storage. Initially, Northern Lights capacity would be 1.5 million tonnes per year, but this will eventually rise to 5 million tonnes. Norway has pledged to lower its emissions by up to 55% by 2030 and sees carbon capture and storage as vital for delivering on this goal. However, Equinor does not expect to turn a profit from the first phase of Northern Lights, even with government support. And as the scheme attracts more and more uh, clients, though, this should change. Moving to China, the southern uh, Guangdong province has become the first region to transfer its gas pipeline network to newly established oil and gas infrastructure operator Pipe China. Guangdong is the second biggest gas consumer after the eastern Zhuangzhou province. Pipe China was set up in December after years of negotiations to serve as the national pipeline operator. It will take control of the pipeline assets of China's big three oil companies and ensure third-party access to their capacity. 
By unbundling its pipelines, China hopes to increase gas production by encouraging more companies to get involved in the upstream. It also wants to lower gas prices and increase gas use by boosting downstream competition and make gas distribution more efficient. In the US, General Electric has said it will stop building new coal-fired power plants and focus on cleaner sources of power instead, saying the decision is motivated by economics. This is another death knell for, to uh, for coal, which, being, which is being squeezed out of power generation as a result of increased environmental concern. GE will continue servicing existing coal plants, but will not work at new builds. Finally, Egypt, Israel, Greece, Cyprus, Italy and Jordan have signed a charter formalizing the status of the East Mediterranean Gas Forum, a body that aims to develop the region's gas market. Israel is exporting gas to Jordan and Egypt from its Leviathan field and is looking for more customers. Cyprus has also made offshore discoveries and together with Israel is promoting the development of the East Med pipeline that would pump up to 10 billion cubic meters per year annually to Europe. Greece and Italy have signalled interest in buying these supplies. Egypt too has found a number of gas fields in recent years and wants to build up its exports. Notably absent from the forum is Turkey, a geopolitical rival of many of its members. Turkey has strained its international ties by repeatedly drilling in waters recognised as belonging to Cyprus. This has been Natural Gas World's weekly overview of the news in the global gas industry with me, Joseph Murphy. Thank you and see you next time.